I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 11 and preview of round 12. Tonight's episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast has been bumped to our new streaming service so that we can bring you a fantasy cornhole update. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, actually, we're still here on SoundCloud and our usual streaming services, and we're still brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, and tonight I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Blaine Riffle and Michael Denton. How are you guys doing, and did you have a good Mother's Day? Hello there. Yeah, good Mother's Day. I treated the wife and mama to uh, a day of relaxation. Yeah, I had a pretty good weekend. Took Sarah out, did a baby dedication at church, so it was all good. Very nice, very nice. Uh, it was very close to my wife's birthday, and so we actually did a Mother's Day slash birthday events with her. So I went out painting, as some of you may have seen on uh, on Twitter uh, with uh, with Mrs. MLS Fantasy Boss going out there doing painting and the the very nice jokes by by you, Mike and Travis that that came back from that. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, we had a good Mother's Day as well. Um, Something that was not happy, I think, during this Mother's Day is how this double game week turned out. So, guys, I'm really interested in hearing your reactions to this double game week before I kind of run through with some of the fantasy takeaways and how your teams did. So, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, well, this is a team only a mother could love. Um, and I, well, I guess that makes me the mother because I made it, but I don't love it. Um, 132 points after my entire back line uh, got rotated for the second game. Vanderwill, Valenzuela, Abu Bakar. Uh, then I had Schweinsteiger in the Otteru, and he got hurt too. Um, Bradley, Piotti doing squadouche. Um, at least my forwards and Stefan uh, came through for me with Vela, Giovinco, and Martinez. But, I mean, that was about it. So uh, 132 points uh, dropped like a rock. I'm now out of the top 200 for the first time all year. So easily the worst uh, week of the season so far for me. Um, I mean, I think the main thing was Toronto's falling flat on their face, both in their rotations and in the embarrassing loss to Seattle. Um, I think they got what they deserve with the rotation, getting zero points um, this week. So... Um, but yeah, my fantasy team went down, and um, although I don't, I don't think Blaine had a much better experience. Blaine, how'd you do? I got a one thirty-three this week, so I did beat Mike, thankfully. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he, he crossed the low bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, I went with Vasquez in my lineup, and his five points, and really not playing that second game hurt. Vanderweel, I didn't know what Toronto was going to do. I didn't necessarily like any of my or any other defensive options besides. Columbus this week and so I just kind of went with him hoping for one clean sheet or something and he didn't even play the second game I had Valenzuela and awful on my team to start with and I was like one of those two is not going to go 180 so I grabbed Mensa thankfully but I dropped awful for Mensa instead of Valenzuela which really hurt 
bench did phenomenal. I mean, I put Giovinco on the bench and I plugged Zardes in the advanced transfer tactics article. I didn't end up going with him because he would have dropped Giovinco and I didn't want to do that. And I'm happy, but Martinez only getting nine was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, that first Atlanta game, I think, was a, a big surprise in general. And we'll talk about that or at least skim through that in a second against your sporting Kansas City. So I think that's kind of got to be bittersweet for you, Blaine. Yeah, he scored that goal. And I was like, well, here it comes. And it's like, at least I've got him in fantasy. And then they waved the goal off. And I was like, well, that really sucks for my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> but it put my team on top of the supporter shield for a little bit. Yeah. I'll trade fantasy results for sporting results any week. I think that's fair. I think that's only fair. Uh, I did the best of the three of us here tonight. I had 147 points. Um, similar experience to Mike. Some of my guys rotated uh, that <coughs> really expected, or they rotated the second game with some Columbus. I'm looking at you uh, right now. But I still got some good some good use out of uh, Valenzuela. Like Blaine, my bench also did well. I had Minson Failhaber come off there get some respectable points, and also had Vanderweel down there uh, getting six. Didn't come in, but that's still pretty solid for a bench. Uh, pretty happy with my team in general. Barco, Almiron, Vela, Javinko, um, had Piotti. Disappointments about that in general, but seven's pretty solid, I guess, for the kind of week Piotti had. Average score was 913 uh, my overall rank is 228, and so I'm still working to crack back into that top 200 after a couple of, of consecutive weeks of poor forward performances helped drop me underneath that. Uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, for this double game week, as double game weeks tend to go, you needed to really score in that 140 to 150 range to kind of stay about even and a bit higher than that to to improve in the ranks. So that's how double game weeks are. I, I said in my MLS article that this is going to be one of your biggest uh, point totals of the year. And uh, m maybe not because I think all of us have some frustrations with the double game week teams, uh, but that's just how it goes. Uh, big points and big results. And so sometimes it results in little movement. I'll do a quick rundown of how things happened in round 11 that I thought were fantasy worthy. And then Blaine and Mike can jump in and add anything in there. As we mentioned, the Atlanta Sporting Kansas City game. Uh, Sporting Kansas City shut out the Atlanta juggernaut at home. So uh, adding more fantasy credit to their defense there, but also further hitting home the point of why those guys are so high priced. And if you can make room for the Sporting Kansas City players, uh, I think you're really only going to be looking at one at times, it's going to be hard to stretch to unless you're like Mike and just overflowing with money. Uh, big moment here uh, was the Brad Guzan red card, though, in the 34th minute. Uh, Shallowy had had less than 2% ownership, and he got some some goals going on there. And he's put a lot of goals and assists in on the year already. So if you're looking for guys, he's, he's one that could really help you be in that conversation as, as someone who could score. Uh, so don't, don't overlook him going forward fantasy-wise. For sporting Kansas City is not just about defense, which has been nice, I think, to see this year. Uh, Columbus Philly, that's a clean sheet we expected, if not really the scoreline that we wanted, uh, with Higuain not starting in the game. That that was kind of a surprise, but I think all of us double game week wise just rolled the dice thinking he'd be there in that second game and perform better. Toronto Seattle, uh, shocker, as Mike was alluding to. Um, 
in Toronto, for sure, they are still working to recover. That's what we need to take away from this. Toronto is still trying to recover, but I got to love me some Will Bruin. I'm sorry, Mike. I know you're the big Mullins fan forever, but ah, Will Bruin, that's where it's at, man. Come on over. And I'm not a big Seattle fan. People, I think people usually think I'm a huge Seattle fan because I just, I just enjoy Will Bruin. Can't we just, can't we just be happy for Will Bruin? What do you guys think? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy for Will Bruin. I don't feel this is a Bruin and a Mullins thing. I think it's one of those things where when you see that underappreciated target man start, he does well and scores goals. You know, if you put him in a good system, he can do it. Um, Patrick Mullins is not in a good system, so he doesn't score goals. Whereas Will Bruin. Um, with all Schmetzer's uh, criticism, I think he's still in a pretty good situation. I wanted to make it a Will, a Bruin Mullins thing so we could have playful banter, Mike. That's that's keeping the people interested. Well, well I mean, Patrick Mullins is probably going to get like sold to Seattle, you know, whenever DC buys a Wayne Rooney. So <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to both of them being there. There we go. Yeah. Uh, as, long, as long as Seattle stays on the bottom, Will Bruin can do whatever he wants. There we I've go. I've got him on my draft fantasy team, and he's been <laughs> when he's playing, he's doing well for me. So I'm I'm happy with it. That's right. He always does well when he's not on my team. So good job, Will. I uh, enjoyed seeing the dancing bear going at it again. Uh, Chicago, Montreal, the first fantasy disappointment of this round for Montreal. Piotti was man marked pretty much at every opportunity that Chicago had, and they they shut him down. Uh, Chicago's got a standout player though over the past couple rounds on defense. So keep an eye on that. They've they've got some guys, uh, and I didn't I neglected to put his name on my list here. So give me just a moment, and unless you guys can think of his name real quick before I load it up, too late. It's Ellis. Um, he's gotten a couple of goals, and he's definitely in for a value rise in these coming rounds. If that's something that you're still hunting for there for Chicago, LC Minnesota. Not the names that we wanted on the goal sheet, but at least Vela and Rossi got an assist. Uh, just fantasy looking forward, home production has been a little limited for these big name guys, and, and that's kind of strange. I'm not really sure how to uh, weigh that out going forward. We <coughs> usually expect those big scores to come at home. Uh, Vancouver, Houston, whiff. I think that's all we need to say about this game. Minnesota, <laughs> San Jose. Uh, don't let the, the San Jose win here, this big San Jose win, really influence you a lot with their upcoming double game week. That's just what I want to stress right, right here. Two of their three goals came from PKs. Keep that in mind, but Mike and Blaine will definitely get more into San Jose in just the coming section. Um, Montreal, Philadelphia, the second big disappointment for Montreal. Fantasy implications here, guys. Montreal's in some trouble. They, they've got a few players that can produce in spurts, but as a team, it's it's not working for them. And uh, that's that's got to factor into your fantasy decisions when even you're looking at Piotti to come through because teams are able to shut him down as Chicago showed us so well uh, in in their first game. Let's not talk about red card calls or PKs that never happened. Just at the end of the day, fantasy production was not there and, and Montreal's got some struggles. Uh, someone not struggling, though, finally, Dallas LA Galaxy. Diaz got a triple assist game right here, handing out assists like they were candy. Uh, and also that's four losses in a row for our big man, uh, Zlatan Brahimovic. Let's see if anyone's going to – trying to think of different ways to butcher his name so we can get some more comments back there. Uh, Zlatan Brahimovic will go with that one this week. We'll see what you guys think. Uh, yeah, four in a row for LA Galaxy, not looking good for them again. 
Uh, second Columbus game, this time versus Chicago, got us the scoreline that we wanted, though not the formation that we needed. Uh, lots of defensive rotations like Mike had mentioned before. Classic example of hashtag because MLS. Don't think too much into this one. It's just the way double game weeks were with fantasy. New England, Toronto. I uh, have to give credit to New England. We were talking about it a little bit before the show started. Uh, Toronto needed this win. They they need wins in the Eastern Conference, and they kind of blew off New England, it looked like, and New England came in and got the goals. Um, there's guys on New England, fantasy-wise, that, that are definitely worth it. They've got some decent value to them under $10 million, so don't discount New England, especially in some of the more favorable matches that they will be having. Uh, also, I think after this round, Geo needs a new nickname, and maybe he can become the Atomic Fire Ant with him just going after people's faces like that. Colorado versus the Red Bulls. Uh, not much here. Good win for the Red Bulls. Um, that's just what we expect. RSL versus DC. RSL got a great win at home, but they still let in two goals. So, again, had some questions about this one over Twitter. Don't read too much into this. Um Two of the goals that RSL got came right after DC had gotten that red card down their left side with the, the starting left back going out, and that's where the goals came from. So that was a weakness that RSL was able to exploit, which is great, and Rusnak got points that we know that he can get, but these are two teams that are still struggling, so don't jump on bandwagons just yet is our conservative advice here from at least me on the Fantasy Insider. Uh, final two games, Portland-Seattle, kind of a snoozer of a derby. Um, usually hope these turn out a bit better, but, uh, injuries I think have caught up to the back line of Seattle and, uh, Blanco was able to sneak in there and get a goal near the end of the game. Fantasy wise, don't just focus hyper on Valeri. Uh, I know that was just our go-to Portland Valeri at home every time last year and it really worked out. Blanco has some real skill to him. He's got some space that's opening up to him with other threats coming from Portland, so really consider him going forward with uh, with your fantasy picks when you're looking at Portland. Then finally, LAFC versus New York City. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you're glad the way this one ended at the end. It was exciting, uh, but LAFC put up a Philly level of wasted production at home. 23 shots, three of them on target, and they had to eventually require an own goal in their favor to even tie this thing 2-2. Those were my fantasy takeaways for round 11. Is there anything you guys want to add or anything you just want to say I got wrong? I take your silence as welcomed approval. Yeah, uh, I mean, but no, not let's, much let's fantasy get your thoughts was, just in general. This this double game week I was mean, kind of strange. Well, yeah, I, th I think it was a strange uh, double game week when you had so many away teams getting wins. I mean, Atlanta losing at home doesn't happen very often. Toronto, when they're, quote, full strength. Um, and not rotating, does, losing at home doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a weird one. I mean, Montreal, you know, I think with Piotti uh, not doing well, just kind of a lot of weirdness. It was really about getting the rotations right, and it was that, that was kind of um, hard to do. Uh, I, I certainly didn't have the answers for that this week. Um, um, I, I think one person you didn't mention um, is Kay for LAFC. I think he had 17 points uh, this week. Um, that was a really good find if you pay attention to, uh, I think it's, I don't remember if he, one of the projection systems had him as doing really well. I can't remember if it was MLS fantasy stats or Dunny runs. They, those two kind of blend together for me. Um, but yeah, so that, 
that's something to check out if you're kind of looking for differentials. Because if I'd have picked up on their recommendation, I'd have done a lot better than the Bradley's uh, eight points that I got. Um, but yeah, pay attention to K because he's been uh, pretty consistent for uh, LAFC, and uh, <clears throat> um, probably something to watch not for this week, but coming up is uh, World Cup rosters are being announced, and so after this coming week, we'll have players leaving. So uh, we'll be a plenty of opportunities for some young guys to get in, but. For this week, plenty of rotation. Yeah. Um, I kind of was high on Chicago's defense in preseason. Last year they showed a lot of grit at home, and I think that's coming back a little bit finally. Um, I didn't bank on it. I was really playing Montreal players for the second game, but I was hoping for something a little better from them in that first game. But Chicago came to play, and their defensive unit is capable of doing this at home. They are a – somewhat safe bet depending on the matchup at home and you have to mention ellis and he's a former kansas city guy and i don't know if you players remember him from a couple of years ago <coughs> excuse me last year he got himself into some hot water with the team he ended up voluntarily leaving practice because a team can't suspend him and was voluntarily absent from all team activities for the last part of last season but before that he was putting in goals he was one of their leading scores third or fourth maybe as a defender with a team that was struggling to score goals. And he seems to have found his form right back where he was in Kansas city. He's a defender that can knock in goals. So if you've got that solid defensive matchup, he's always an option just as a weird random goal threat. All right. Well, there was a uh, one more bit of big news that I'll just go ahead and plug right now for everyone just to keep an eye on, um, the uh, Supreme Court made a, a ruling today. Uh, Mike, you're a resident attorney here. Do you want to talk about this one? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this. So the Supreme Court ruled today um, that the federal ban on um, sports gambling uh, was unconstitutional. And the big thing about this is not that sports gambling is now illegal. It's just that states are now free to set up uh, a regime that allows it. So uh, New Jersey is already in line to set one of these things up. Um, other states are going to follow. I know Mississippi's pretty much has theirs ready, uh, and I'm sure others will follow. Pretty much any state with a casino is going to be under a lot of pressure to put this in so that those casinos can keep up uh, with the neighbors. So um, this has a lot of potential for fantasy in, in a number of ways. Um, first of all, I think you know the, the negative is that fantasy for a lot of players has, is a supplement to uh, gambling. So uh, there will be a question about whether the websites that are investing in fantasy are going to want to do that as much or whether they're going to invest in um, gambling instead. Like, for instance, Skylar Redpath, our, our good friend, was talking about, like, well, I guess I'm not going to be playing a whole lot of um, daily fantasy anymore, which is, you know, kind of concerning <laughs> from, a, you know, a fantasy standpoint um now a good thing for a fantasy perspective is that the response of most of the leagues today has been that there needs to be a regulatory federal regime uh, that looks over this um if there is such a regime that regime is almost certainly going to require injury disclosures because you can't have um, secret information like that like for instance like if you were having a big team, like, say, a Los Angeles Galaxy, you couldn't have Adam Serrano having the ability to trade insider information that could affect betting lines. So um, hopefully 
um, we could see something like that being instituted as a requirement for gambling. So um, <clears throat> fingers crossed on that one. So maybe you will see uh, MLS and some of the other, I mean, other, other leagues pretty much already have it, but you may see MLS start instituting some of that quick before it gets instituted on them. Um, so, yeah, a lot of considerations for fantasy with the, um, Essentially, a new um, sports game in town that's legal now, um, but obviously it's already been around for a while. So we'll see how it shakes out uh, for fantasy, but maybe some good, maybe some bad for uh, MLS fantasy. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, maybe we'll try to get a, a writer at some point who can talk about uh, sport lines with us, kind of like uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez used to do in the past. Yep. <clears throat> get Mr. Guy Sanchez to come back. Who knows? <laughs> who Reed, that was not the big news I was expecting you to say. Uh, what was the big news you were expecting me to say? Uh, Wayne Rooney has apparently signed a deal to come to DC United. Well, I mean, I I didn't realize it was 1998 again. So, oh, oh. all I'm going to say, if DC United benches Patrick Mullins for Wayne Rooney, I hope they lose every single game. Which I mean, they're probably going to lose every single game, whether they have him or not. But. I mean, that are the, aren't is that the dumbest club? <laughs> well, I read something. I read something that they were talking about not having enough money for an academy or some of these other things, and they're paying what is it, sixteen million dollar release clause to get Rooney? Yeah, see, the numbers I have mean, like bounced could, up. I, I haven't been clear if it's sixteen dollars total or if it's sixteen dollars salary or yeah, if it's, it's a sixteen dollar release clause. Like I've seen, like was, all three I, because. The English press is terrible. I mean, Joff is right now reporting that it's not done, but it's getting close to being done. So I guess we'll trust him for the actual numbers instead of the English press because that's terrible. But um, yeah, I was hearing 12 million euro pounds, whatever they were using, and that translated into it's got to be euros, but into 16 yeah. million US. But if, if they, I can't imagine that the, because the Everton spent 10 million last summer, so he didn't go up in value. So if if DC is paying six million dollars more than Everton paid last summer before he fell flat on his face and um, was not good towards the end of the, I don't think he's I think I don't think he scored since Christmas, which is bad. Um, I can't I believe what they why. were. I believe what they were saying on Extra Time Radio is that sixteen can be a good number if that's your total. Of coming in, not just a release yeah. clause, or not just right. Like, yeah, if they're paying like release plus at, salary for two years, that's okay. Yeah, you know? sixteen million over two years, plus the fee to have him come over here, plus I mean he's going to make some extra stuff. I mean it's, I was harsh there saying this is throwback nineteen ninety eight. Uh, in some sense, I, I I do kind of kind of think that whenever you get the big players to come over here, just because you think you need it. I mean he he will he help them open their new stadium? Yes. Will will people buy more jerseys and, and help the bottom line for them because of that. Yes. And could DC turn that into money that they could use to help fill out their team or their Academy? Maybe uh, I know on extra time radio, they were talking about that DC could believe that they already have a lot of those areas covered that teams are trying to develop from South America with, with like Emil Assad and, and other people on the team now that they just, if they get a big signing like this, they can get some of the, the attention and maybe some bit of increased revenue. I don't know. Uh, Rooney's not that kind of a signing for me. Like uh, 
Zlatan, I kind of get it. I, I get the hype that goes along with that. I'd have even gotten the hype that goes around with Balotelli if they wanted to bring someone like him over here. But Rooney's not that guy for me, but I do wish him luck in, in what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, t- to me, he doesn't solve their main offensive problem, which is that Acosta hasn't been creating. Um, and I don't think that's all on the forwards. I, I think that's got to be partially on him. I mean, whether it's Maddox or Mullins and putting my Mullins homership aside, there's enough talent there for him to be doing much better than he is, which I think is at one point two something expected goals plus assists, which is really, really bad. But I mean, even last year, he was a good point one expected goals behind pretty much the top tier of, of midfielders. Um, that's the area that they're really hurting. And if you're in an Eastern conference with Kaku, Maxi Morales, Sasha Kleshin, Victor Vazquez, um, you know, Federico Higuain. Um, there's a lot of competition for really good midfielders who are creating offensive chances. And if Acosta's not going to step up, it doesn't matter who their forwards is, whether it's Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney in his prime, or Patrick Mullins, they're not going to compete for playoff spots. All I've got to say to close this up is if they don't get Wayne Rooney to go around marketing some sort of DC United pajamas, then they are missing out on what they should do. <laughs> that, that is clearly, hey, I might even go get me some DC United pajamas if it gets Wayne Rooney to, to endorse it. So we'll see what happens. That's, that is MLS history in the making right there. Moving on to our housekeeping section. Uh, teams on a buy this week, Seattle, and they do have some 4.0 players you can grab for your team and some injured players. It doesn't matter. They're on a buy, but they can help you stretch your budget if that's what you're looking for. Double game week teams. It's a small double game week this in round 12. Vancouver and Seattle. Sorry, Vancouver and San Jose. Seattle's on the buy. Um, not necessarily double game week magnets, but that's uh, the first section we're going to get into in our breakdowns of double game and single game week teams. So we'll, we'll cover that coming up. Uh, but games, that does mean games get started on Wednesday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time with Vancouver hosting San Jose. So uh, be ready for that. Get your roster set. Get your captain set. Get your switcheroos ready to go because it kicks off on Wednesday uh, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. So get ready for that. Patreon, thanks so much, guys, for continuing support. Been getting some messages and feedback about the Star Wars episode that we have. Uh, submitted the image to uh, get the new stickers ready to go, so I hope to get those back as soon as I can to start mailing out these things. Uh, sorry it's taken about half a season to get it all worked up. Uh, background from me, selling a house, buying a house, uh, lots of stuff is, is moving around. Uh, but I'm still there with you, still plugging away to get that stuff that has been promised out to you because we love you guys so much for the support that you give us to help make this show as best as it can be. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Patreon and how you can become a supporter of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And now the injury news. Maury, don't feel too bad about um, delaying on the sending of stuff out. I mean, I still haven't gotten my extra time T-shirt from my Baron T from last October. But you've got a mug and a sticker. <clears throat> but I got a mug and a sticker, which I'm enjoying now. I got a scarf. You know, pl- plenty of MLSFI things because we deliver, unlike Andrew Weeby, who just can't make the deliverous transfers. Um, but what I can deliver you guys right now is some injury news. Uh, Dax McCarty left the game early with a hamstring injury. Looks like he's going to be out this week. Uh, Bastion Schweinsteiger, uh, he missed. Um, he was rotated for the second game. Seems like he's going to be probable to start uh, this weekend. 
Pedro Santos for Columbus is going to be out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Maxime Cheneau for New York City uh, picked up a knock in training, but he's expected back this week. Uh, Kihi for Seattle left with a gash in the head, but I'm, I'm assuming he'll be able to come back for Seattle, but uh, obviously he's off this week, so I'm talking about uh, next week. Um, for something for disciplinary stuff, uh, important to note for fantasy purposes for this week, uh, Kendall Waston is on yellow card warning uh, this week. So uh, one ye- yellow card in the first game against San Jose, and he'll be suspended for the second half of the double game week. Uh, we have a bunch of red cards, um, some no names, Mora, Burke, and Lovitz. And then uh, obviously Giovinco is the big name for that. They'll all be suspended for this week. Uh, Alonzo and Bruin missed the second game of Seattle's uh, double game week. I haven't seen a good timetable on either of those. And then uh, last uh, double game week, a note, Marinovich, uh, Vancouver's keeper, is out. This was an interesting way that he put it. Carl Robinson said he's either out one to two weeks or three to four weeks. So I'm taking that to say he's either out one to four weeks, but regardless, I'm assuming that he is going to be out the entirety of this double game week. So I would avoid him for your fantasy team. And that's where we are with the injuries, unless you all saw something I didn't. Uh, Brad Guzan, no, he missed for the weekend. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's, he did. Yeah. He, he should be back. Sporting didn't play the weekend game, so I just kind of forgot that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wow. get to put my fantasy wow. points there either. So. There it was. All right, Mike, thank you so much for that injury news. A couple of quick Reddit questions uh, before we move on to our game breakdowns. This first one comes from Andrew Crawlard, our good supporter of the show. Any reason not to go all in on Dallas this week? Vancouver sucks in attack, and they're on a two-day turnaround from their last game of the double game week. Uh, so what do you guys think? Are you pretty high on Dallas this round? Um, any reason not to? Yeah, Kai Kamara. Um, if anybody's going to score a goal on Dallas and ruin that clean sheet when you go all in, it's going to be Kai Kamara. Um I'm not 100% sold on Dallas yet. I do think they're a very good option, and I probably will load up on a few of those players. But if you want my worry, it's Kai Kamara doing something to him on the road. Share the same worry, Mike? Well, I mean, I guess it'll depend if Kai Kamara is is available to play. We haven't really heard an update um, from Carl Robinson. This is about the time when he would be coming back, but but we'll have to see. I am not as worried. I mean, t- to me, the worry is I, I understand the defense. I, you know, going forward, Vancouver is one of those teams that likes to bunker in and not give up a whole lot of goals. Um, and I haven't, I'm not a believer in Dallas's offense, um, just the consistency. And plus, I, I don't really know what I'm going to get from Diaz uh, week to week. I think there are better options. <coughs> um, so I'm not as much. I mean, they're definitely a team I'm looking at. Um, especially defensively, but as far as like going all out on them, I, I don't think that's the best matchup uh, of the weekend because I mean Vancouver, what they do is they sit back and counter. So I could easily just see them bunkering in and Dallas not having the creativity with a Rudy um, to to break through. I mean maybe you get a Diaz free kick goal, but that's that's about it. Yeah, Mike. Um, just so you're aware, Kai Kamara started the last game and got an assist on the game from the tying goal from Waston. Well, that's what people what happens when people don't um, message me. <laughs> yeah. So, 
he, he's back. That's why. I, that's why I pretty confidently said that. I think he's gonna play. Mike, are you watching the games or are you just looking at old stats? I was not watching that game, but late Friday night with your eye on the MLS disco page. That's that's the problem. I have been keeping my eye on the disco page. <laughs> All right, second question. This is a quick one and a fun one from our good buddy, older goaler up there in Toronto. He says, why, Seba? Why? Uh, but that's a good question, I, I think, just to, to talk about very quickly here. Uh, is that just the frustration coming out from Toronto with with not having that success they had with the team being injured still? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of frustration there. I mean, also, in fairness to him, like – New England did a cheap shot, like hit him back, you know, and trying to take the ball out of his hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of frustration. They're in a position they're not used to. Um, and I think the road is only going to get tougher. So, um, I mean, it, it sucks for fantasy because I think he would have been a great shot this week against a, a pretty bad Orlando defense. But um, yeah, so we, we'll see what they're, they're able to do this week because no Josie, no Giovinco. Should be fun. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Everything else that we had, did you have something to add, Blaine? I was going to say, he was baited. He fell for it hard. <laughs> it happens. And that's just frustrated players, team doing what they're doing right now, losing the Champions League, and then not and not getting the regular results. Easy pickings for somebody who wants to really taunt somebody and bait them into making a stupid move. Yeah, let's out the fire and in him. Um, yeah. Well, thank you again, like I was saying, for all the questions. We had a lot of questions this round, but a lot of them focused on the double game week teams, and we're getting ready to get to that right now. So I'm going to let Blaine and Mike address those at that time if they would like. Uh, so first, our double game week team breakdown, we have Vancouver. Blaine's going to give us that. They're home versus San Jose, and then they're away versus Dallas midweek. How do you think it's going to go down, Blaine? Um, I'm kind of looking forward to watching the San Jose game. I think this is two teams that have a lot to prove right now. And I won't speak too much on San Jose because I know Mike's going to cover them. But I think Vancouver's got a lot to prove at home here. And I think they're going to put their best foot forward and really show us what they can do. I'm going to go ahead and predict a 2-1 win for Vancouver on this one. I like their options. Kai Kamara's back. Um, Tichera or Reyna in the midfield can both get work done. It's kind of going to depend on who starts. Um, and then I still do like their defense for the most part, even with Marinovich out uh row has was mostly solid for la i know last year was a weird year and he couldn't keep the starting job i know he got injured i think that was a product of the trouble in la as much as it was him and so i would trust Rowe, especially at 4.4 as a keeper option here and so this first game does look promising look at the lineup see who you've got um, I've right now I've got three Vancouver guys on my team because they've got that first game. They've got some value picks in there. And then the second game's at Dallas. And I agree with what Mike said earlier. I don't know if Dallas's offense is quite there yet. So yeah, Diaz just got three assists, but do you ever want to be chasing the guy who just had a monster game that following week? Is he going to be able to replicate that? And I'm not so sure. I just, the way the way Vancouver plays, I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know what we're gonna expect here. I'm not gonna predict a clean sheet for Vancouver on either one of these games, but Vancouver is still 
one of the league's best road teams over a three-year stretch that we've ever seen. Now, they've, they've fallen off a little bit this year, but they're still capable of putting up that big road game that we don't expect from a road team normally. And, again, I like their offensive weapons here. I think they match up pretty well against Dallas. I think Kai Kamara going over the top of the big defense, who doesn't normally have to challenge for some of those aerial balls or doesn't have the struggles against some of the big aerial teams. This is going to be a rough game. And so I really do like Vancouver this week. They're a team I probably won't go four deep on, but two guys definitely three is very likely because of their cheap Otteroo options. I'm going to go ahead and call that second game. We'll call it a 1-1 game down in Dallas. And I'm really looking at Kai Kamara is going to be on my roster. Um, Tachera is one of those guys shortlisted, but he may rotate. And then I'm probably going to go with uh, one defender and Rowe as a keeper. All right, Mike, talk to us about San Jose starts away to Vancouver and then home to D.C. Well, for Van, uh, for San Jose, uh, I think there's a real question of how good they are. They, they've had a pretty bad start. Um, they've been there are two wins have both been against Minnesota, where they've scored uh, six goals for and uh, only conceded three. Against everyone else, it's nine goals for and uh, fourteen uh, goals against. Um, those stats are from uh, Matt Doyle, so no one accuses me of plagiarism. Um, but if you look at those other games, they're a pretty good uh, list of teams. Um, I don't consider either of their opponents this week to be good teams. Away at Vancouver, home against D.C. Um, now they lack the defensive the, the defensive discipline. I, I could definitely see Kai Kamara, now that I know that he's actually playing, um, getting in there if, if he starts, um, only because I don't know if they're going to rotate him with him just coming back from injury uh, since uh, this week was his first start. Uh, I don't know that he's going to go uh, 180 or 120 uh, this weekend. Um, but I can definitely see them conceding. Um, I think there's some interesting picks for them, like offensively, um, like Magnus er- Eriksson um, has been pretty consistent. Um, I think it's important to note Vaco has dropped off uh, considerably from his torrid uh, opening uh, pace from the first first month. Uh, Wando is now maybe a starter, maybe a sub. So he's definitely not getting two starts. Um, I'm not loading up on either of these teams. Um, I think they. I think San Jose probably has the better shot at two clean sheets. And that's really just more of a statement of Vancouver and DC's uh, ineptitude offensively rather than um, them being good defensively. So I, I definitely can see Tarbell in a keeperu, and that's kind of the general theme I have. And I think Blaine said this as well. Um, I'm thinking a lot of your double game week guys, you're sticking in Otteru transfer situations um, because they're they're going to wrap up on Saturday and you have Sunday's game as well as a game on Monday, if I'm looking at this right, um, to plug in additional players if something goes wrong. So that's kind of what I would do um, with San Jose. Now, as far as predictions, um, I'll say... 2-1 uh, loss to Vancouver and a 2-0 win uh, against DC. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for those uh, breakdowns of the double game week teams. Uh, let's go through the single game week teams. Blaine, Toronto versus Orlando. Uh, do you think this is going to be a chance for either team to get a clean sheet? Um, I don't trust either defense well enough to get a clean sheet here. Um, if, if I was pressed to pick the one I thought had a better shot, I'd say Orlando probably has a better shot with both Josie and Gio out. 
Um, I'm having a hard time looking at this game and seeing much positive from it. I don't like the way Toronto's lineup looks right now. And Orlando's just kind of Jekyll and Hyde on the road. Um, maybe a maybe an option here for Dwyer. He has been on fire since he's come back in from being injured. Um, I could see him getting some work done, especially if uh, Toronto struggles to mount any offensive presence in this game and gives uh, Orlando a lot of the ball. But I'm just I'm not seeing a whole lot here. I think this is going to be one of those one 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 zero games either way. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call it a one one draw just so I don't have to pick a winner on this one. And I'm probably <laughs> avoiding this game altogether for fantasy. But if I was going to pick somebody out of here, it'd probably be Dwyer. All right, Mike, your New York City versus Colorado. Well, New York City looked a lot better uh, this weekend against uh, LAFC. Um, I don't think Colorado has the kind of pressing skill that's really caused New York City problems. And when that pressing isn't available, New York City's found success. Uh, they're undefeated so far this year at Yankee Stadium where they haven't played a whole lot of games. Um, I, I suspect this is a comfortable win for New York City. Uh, I think there's a great clean sheet opportunity. Um, I think you're looking at a lot of single game week players from this game. Um, Medina has fallen off, but uh, David Villa um, scored this week. Uh, I think he's definitely fantasy viable. I also expect Tajuri, uh, who's come back from injury, to probably get a start. He has looked fantastic. So, excuse me. Uh, I think he's a great opportunity. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they gave uh, Moderita a run out before they lose him uh, to uh, the World Cup squad for Costa Rica. Um, I think this is like a 3 nothing win for New York City. Um, really good fantasy opportunities uh, here. Blaine, Portland versus LAFC. Oh, the, where to start with this one? Portland's looking a lot better at home. LAFC's looking decent everywhere they play. Um, I think this could be one of your highlight games of the weekend. Uh, this is one of those that I've got on my calendar to tune in and watch just because I want to see what's going to happen. Um, usual cast of characters on this game, um, Valeri and Blanco. I will pull the read here and say Blanco's got to be on your list of guys to look at. Um, I really don't know enough about LAFC to say which one I think is going to have the better game for Portland and who's got the better potential score. There are scoring chances here. So both of those guys are on, on my list to, to look at. I don't like any clean sheets here. Um, and then Vel has got to be on your list of guys to keep an eye on if you're going to look at one of those road differentials. If you're looking for a uh, transfer back-end option, K, if he starts, especially if you pick one of those Vancouver or San Jose guys, you won't have seen the second game, but if they really didn't give you a good score in the first game, especially Vancouver playing on the road at Dallas, um, maybe look at K as one of your cheap options to bring in for one of your field scrubs to get a start in this game if he plays. Um, I'm going to give the edge and call this one a 3-2 uh, to Portland. I think this game will open up, especially if LA is chasing after a couple of early Portland goals. So I'm going to say 3-2 and give it to the home team on this one. Okay, Mike, coming to you, the big Dallas-Vancouver game that we've mentioned several times already. Yeah, I mean, I think I already gave my opinion on this. Uh, I'm not overly fond of Dallas, but I definitely think Dallas will get a win here. Um, probably like a one nothing, maybe a 2 nothing win. Uh, I'm not super excited offensively. Like I said, Vancouver is a really good uh, road team. Uh, 
particularly defensively. Um, now that maybe that'll get worse if Waston is suspended for a yellow card accumulation or something like that. But um, I, I really think the value here is defense. Um, I, I don't know if Kai Kamara can go all of them. And then I would expect, you know, sitting here right now without having seen Wednesday's lineup that he plays at home on Wednesday and then misses the trip to the Texas heat. So that's just my guess. So I think your real value here is defensively. Um, Cannon has been pretty good for Dallas. He's one of their young uh, homegrown players. Uh, there's a bunch of other options uh, along that back line. So, uh, I you know, I think for Vancouver, you know, just kind of looking at this double game week and how it goes, I think Vancouver's looking for its points on Wednesday. Uh, San Jose can probably look for its points on on a Saturday. Um, Vancouver's not going to get a whole lot from this game. I don't think they keep a clean sheet. So you're probably just looking at some extra little points to, to throw into their score. I'm just going to add a little bit. We talked a lot about the Dallas scoring potential that they've had or not had going forward. A couple of updated stats. Uh, Rudy has scored three goals and earned one assist over his last four games. Uh, the first two of those, he was just subbing in and not getting the full 90. And then uh, Lama, who was doing very well at the start of the season, uh, been kind of in spurts, but over his last five games, he's gotten two assists, and he scored two goals in this most recent game against LA Galaxy. So uh, Lama at 10.3, uh, Rudy at 8.1, Diaz at 10.4 himself with uh, three assists in this last game. And then three weeks ago at, at Philly, he came on and he got one goal as well. So there is some sporadic production, but uh, there is production there if you want to take a risk. But again, you make well, some good but points. But isn't, isn't, isn't that like the Dallas thing? Like there's production <laughs> there, but it's wildly inconsistent. And whichever player you pick, it's going to be the other player. Like that's, I feel like that's, that's the like for San Dallas Jose to me this year as well. So yeah, Dallas is yeah. Dallas I mean San Jose is be better. <laughs> I, think, I think San Jose is worse than that, and some of the other teams have been worse than that necessarily. Dallas has, but um, if if this is da- uh, Diaz getting back into a form, then then I think they could have something going on. But I think a lot of it does hinge, like you said, if Waston's not available, then that hurts Vancouver a lot. And so this may be a time where you save some of your budget to bring in someone like. Uh, Rudy or Diaz or Lamar uh, to at that last second being like, I'm going to roll the dice with this guy. Okay. Moving on new England versus Columbus Blaine. Yeah. Um, Western Con- or Eastern conference playoff hopefuls here. Um, both these teams have a playoff spot. Look like they're going to keep it throughout the season with the way they're playing and they get to show, they really get to fight for position and knock one of them off this week. I um, think this is going to be a great game to watch. Um, both teams, explosive offenses, can get a lot of pressure going and can really open up the field and run. Um, Pedro Santos being out for Columbus does hurt a little bit, but Nico Hansen looked really good in that last game. Um, single-handedly ran down one side of the field and gave Zardes an easy tap-in for his, for one of his goals. I mean, it was just it, 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 I like the way both of these teams are playing. Um, last time I had a New England game with a high-scoring potential, I think I banked on a 3-2, and they ended up winning it 1-0. So I'm going to go with a high-scoring prediction again here. I'm going to say it's 3-2 to New England as well on this one. Um, hopefully that jinxes it to the low score so we don't have to worry about him in fantasy so much. But <laughs> if you're going to go with it, um, if I pick Fagundes, Pania scores big. If I pick Pania, it's Bunbury. So – I, I'm not even going to tell you who I'm going to pick for New England. Just 
go with your gut, or Zahibo's a safe pick. Uh, he's putting up solid numbers as a defensive mid, getting a lot of or getting a lot of attacking presence going, scoring a few goals here and there. Um, so he's probably the safest pick for this one from home. But um, Zardes or Higuain, or and this is probably why Columbus rested their defense a little bit in the second leg, is to be ready for this game. So I don't yeah. expect a double game week hangover here. I just expect a good game, lots of scoring, and kind of go with your gut on those three attacking options in New England because there's too many good options. And you, it seems like when one of them goes down, the other ones step up. It's can you pick the right ones in fantasy? Philly versus RSL. Mike, we bashed on these guys a lot this year. How do you think this one's going to turn out? Um, probably badly for anyone who picks their fantasy players. Um, <laughs> oh, Mike, you didn't yawn. Oh, I mean, I don't. This is almost like worse than a yawn. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like clearly you don't want anyone from Philadelphia. I know Majudinin had like a good double game week as like. Uh, you know, a solid uh, defensive mid, which, you know, was surprising with how well they did. But I, I just don't think you can trust any of them offensively. I mean, I you would think they would be able to score with as badly as RSL has been this year. But, I mean, who do you trust? Do you trust Dokal? Uh, I, I don't. And so especially on a double game week when there are better options, uh, I'm just avoiding this game entirely. Um, probably like a 2 nothing win, so maybe you could get – no, it's not going to be a 2 nothing win. It's going to be at least a 2-1 win. I don't trust that back line. So maybe there's a defensive clean sheet shot here, but probably not. Blaine, Minnesota versus your Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. I've been up and down on Minnesota all season. I'm going to keep it that way. I think Minnesota has the pieces where they can score against this Kansas City defense. Um, Kansas City being on the road is always interesting. Um, they see they they just shot out Atlanta, and I said that wasn't going to happen last week. So uh, who knows at this point? Um, really like the way the Sporting's playing. Can't argue with anything going on. Uh, Shallowy has come on strong this season at 21 years old, 20 years old, and keeping that price point a little lower. I think he's at nine million right now, but. He's been getting the work done lately. I think Johnny Russell's overdue for another goal, so he's he would be my pick for Sporting this week if you're going to look at it. Uh, just I don't know where this one's going to go. Minnesota's tripped us up before. I think they match up fairly well against this Kansas City team, although it's a lot of changes from last season when they did trip us up. So uh, I'm going to say 2-1 Kansas City on the road. I just, I just think Minnesota scores. Kansas City's gotten lucky with their clean sheets a little bit. A couple of huge opportunities missed. I know Baji should have gotten another one on them or something like that. They're getting them all mixed up now. But they get, they've had a couple of games where they probably shouldn't have kept the clean sheet and did. And so I think this is the one where they probably won't keep that clean sheet. So maybe a couple of your sporting options. You maybe go with uh, Quintero for Minnesota if you think he's going to – if you think they're going to be able to get some work done against Kansas City's defense, but I think this one's largely avoid it for fantasy. All right, Mike, Chicago versus Houston. Well, if Dax McCarty being out, that means it's more likely that Schweinsteiger will play you know, in that deeper role. Um, I don't know that that's going to be enough against the Houston attack. I, I could really see Houston being an upset on, on the road here. 
Um, so obviously I don't want to go anyone anywhere near uh, Chicago attackers. Um, if, if anything, it would be Houston, but I mean, I, you know, it's an Easter conference road game and Houston hasn't been good on the road uh, really yet. So um, probably avoiding this one fantasy wise, but I mean, if anything, I think you're probably looking at Houston players. So uh, I think this is an upset um, to, um, to one uh, Houston. So um, maybe some, you know, someone like Ellis who's been, you know, really, really good this year, but otherwise probably generally to stay away. And then our final game of the week, Atlanta versus the Red Bulls. Blaine. Uh, it's Atlanta at home. Um, don't care who the opponent is, unless it's Kansas City. Atlanta at home has been strong. I I like the Red Bulls' defense, so I wouldn't expect the big scoring game from Atlanta that you that we've come to expect. But Almiron and Martinez at home are almost must-owns. Um, I think Almiron should be in everybody's lineup this week. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities for him to play against this New York team. Um, again, I've been trying to keep up with most of the New York rotation, and I've had trouble doing it. I think they're finally settling their lineup in. I just haven't been watching them. They haven't been in my fantasy radar for a while, just with games that I like. And they're not really in my lineup or my fantasy radar again this week. I think if you're going to go anybody from New York on the road, it's going to be BWP. But go with your usual cast of, cast of characters from Atlanta. They should. It's a home game. I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably going to be a 3-1 Atlanta win. But I think the goals are going to be a little bit more spread out. I don't think you're going to see Martinez or um, Almiron double up on goals this week. I think somebody else is going to have to add one. Maybe a Barco? Maybe Barco. All right, thank you guys for those breakdowns. Let's move on to the chalkboard pick, starting at keepers. Mike. Uh, For keeper, I have Tarbell. I think they have the better shot at the clean sheet over the two games. Um, Then I think, you know, Vancouver going on the road to D.C. Um, So, yeah, I have Tarbell in the keeper room, and if that doesn't go with, I don't really know who I'm going to go with. Um, Maybe Bush is part of the second part of the keeper room if we get desperate. (laughs) Not New York City. Well, he, he he New York City is before the second part of the keeper room. So uh, I mean, I do like New York City. I have some of their defenders, but um, I don't like them for pulling off a keeper room just because of the timing. I didn't know if you're looking for that first game to see if that turned out poorly. No, because I mean, I think I think they have a great shot against DC. So for them, I I, I would need to see both games. You know, Blaine, how about you? Um. I'm going with Rowe, and I know I said they wouldn't do it, but Amelia is probably my backup to the to Rowe just because of the timing. They play that early Sunday game, and we're not going to really see that second Vancouver game until a bit, little bit later on Saturday. Although you've got some op- – I just I don't like Philadelphia or New England on, that would be following them up on Saturday, so you're looking at those Sunday games. So Rowe to Amelia is probably where I'm looking at. Blaine, who's your defense? My defense, let me get back over there. Um, well, now that I know Chano is out, that's going to be a little different, but I'll watch that New York lineup, and I'm probably going to go with two New York City defenders. Callens is one of them. If Chano doesn't play, it would be somebody else from that. I just think they've got one of the best clean sheet chances on the week. And then I have Waston in a in the 
transfer his spot right now, see what happens if he does well. If not, there's enough money floating around this week that I'll go buy a, a single game week defender, but I've just got him on the bench for now. Mike. Oh, well, first of all, Chanel is probable for this week. I, I think. Oh, that's right. Maybe was, so he, so he should be good. He, he, he should be good. So if you want him, um, you know, definitely keep him. Still um, I, uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I have, uh, Cannon, Talons, and then on my bench, I have Lima and Zusi. Ooh. All right, Mike, who do you have in midfield? Okay. Um, I have Felipe Martins from Vancouver. Uh, I have Ignacio Piatti, um, which we didn't talk about that game, did we? Not, did we? Did I miss that one? That I think we did because it's the Monday night. We missed the Monday night game. Oh, we did miss the Monday night game. Uh, well, Mike talked about that right now. Um, it's the Los Angeles Galaxy has been one of the worst defenses in the league. So I want Piotti because that's pretty much the only Montreal player you would ever want to have for any fantasy reason whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Piotti, probably a 3-2 win. Maybe it's a loss, but plenty of goals. I could see a Galaxy racking up tons of goals. So if you are you know, if you put a bunch of Vancouver and San Jose players and, and Otteroos and it doesn't work out, load up on um, Zlatan or Zlatin or whatever we're calling him now. Um, Z-Money. Z um, yeah, so uh, so I have uh, him. I have Erickson. Um, he's been pretty consistent for San Jose, which is kind of hard to find. Um, and then right now I have Victor Vasquez um, in that last part because I, I don't trust uh, Orlando's defense. Fine. Yeah, I've got Erickson. Um I got Maxi Morales and Miguel Almiron as well. And then I'm kind of toying between uh, Mario Diaz and Bastian Schweinsteiger. It's going to kind of depend on that Chicago lineup, and they play early enough where I can make some changes. But then I do kind of like what Diaz can do. I think he's going to pick up a few bonus points, even if he doesn't light up the score sheet. Forward, explain. Um, I've got David Villa, Kai Kamara, and then I've got Chris Wondolowski on the bench just in case. That is subject to change a little bit, but I just didn't see um, – as many matchups as I like this week. Mike. I have the same. I have Via Kamara and Wondolowski. Um and, and and I will throw in is to, to kind of argue between Blaine and I. I really don't like Atlanta this week. I think their style of play plays right into what the Red Bulls want to do as far as pressing. Um so I, I can definitely see the Red Bulls causing a whole lot of trouble. So I think Almoron can could have uh, some difficulty this week. Ooh, we look forward yeah. to the captain picks. Yeah, so. and, and I'll, I'll give you that, Mike. Um, but you got to look. Uh, they played down a man against Sporting, and Almiron still put up seven in that game. And that's one of the best defenses in the league when they're on form. Even if New York does that, I still think Almiron is a must-own this week with his potential and given what he can do if they get it figured out. And even if they don't, I think he's got enough bonus point potential in this one. Well, but I think the Red Bulls' defense is a lot different than um, Sporting Kansas City um, because I think there's a lot more pressure. It's going to make Almiron a lot more uncomfortable, um, where Sporting Kansas City's defense is much more of a sit-back kind of defense. So mm -hmm. that's where, even though he has been good in the past, uh, Atlanta has still struggled against the better teams in the league, uh, just in general, uh, and Almiron particularly. So um, – that's where, like, if there is a week to not pick an Atlanta player at home, I, I think this is one of the ones to do that. 
fair. Let's move on to your captain picks. Uh, people were, uh, let me try that again. People were particularly interested in knowing if you were considering a single game week over a double game week captain this week. So, Mike, who are you looking at? Right now, I have Erickson. And Blaine. I haven't been able to pick a single game or a double game week captain that I liked and felt comfortable with. Erickson would probably be the leading guy. So I've got it on David Villa. I just think he's going to blow up Colorado. Yeah. I, I, you know, to, to the question from Reddit, um, do you want to pick a double game week? I don't think you'd be crazy to do it this week of all weeks. Um, I, I think New York City is probably the clearest one. I, I, I would agree with Blaine. Um, I mean, even Erickson, who I picked, like he had 12 this past game, and he's done a lot of sixes, nines, and sevens. But the two before that were two and three, so it, it's no lock. Um, you know, if you use the 1.7 rule, a lot of those San Jose players don't meet that criterion. So, um, yeah, I'd, I would definitely not be as afraid to look at single-game league players this week. And finally, clean sheet predictions, Blaine. Um New York City for sure. Um, they're just – I don't think Colorado's got their – can get through that. And then, oh, I, I don't know if I had another one this week or not. They're kind of my leading one. Uh, Chicago at home is a potential for me as well. Okay, Mike. Um, I could see Sporting Kansas City getting one uh, in addition to the those. Um, I mean, I think New York City and Dallas are probably the best two individual shots. Um, and I, I said before, I think Sporting Kansas City has uh, – excuse me, not Sporting Kansas City. Uh, San Jose um, at, at home against Dallas I think is a decent enough shout. All right. Thank you guys so much for those game breakdowns and player picks. I hope everyone found that helpful in making your decisions before Wednesday when you have to have your lineups set. You still have time to make some changes all the way through apparently Monday this time, but uh, be sure everything that you want, especially for these double game week teams, is set by Wednesday. Next, our league update as we we're wrapping up the show. Uh, Tim had the highest score this week. Our good buddy Tim Shaw with 156 points did very well, very well indeed. Uh, somebody else did very well, though not as surprising. Ben Bear beat Andrew Wiebe. So be sure to tweet that out to both of them because maybe we'll get that mentioned on Extra Time Radio. Or even send that in as a question. Even better, ask Andrew Wiebe how it felt to be beaten by the research bear. So uh, <laughs> Ben Bear, congrats over Andrew Wiebe. In uh, other news, I beat Jason. Pretty close match. He had 130 points, so that was that was a good one right there. Uh, Blaine lost, so sorry about your luck there, my friend. Uh, that's uh, typical this year. And then, Mike, you tied with Mito. I tied, which, considering the way my week was, I will gladly take any kind of points <laughs> from this week. I, I think it was, like I, I've had like a rough um, – luck of the draw in the fantasy matchups in our league. But this was the one time I think I was like the fourth worst score and I managed to luck out and get the win. So I will take my luck and take my point. I think it'll be a useful point in the future. (laughs) It is very tight at the top. Top three in our league right now are Tim, who is eight Oh and two, I believe Uh, Mike, who is seven, one and two. And then I am jumped back up into third with my win and I am seven, Oh and three. So it is a pretty tough head to head league that we have in the MLS fantasy hosts insider league. So it's really great. Patreon league is still hopping around. Uh, Same winners up there. Alex is leading at the top. Uh, It's not a, not a, 
a runaway yet. There's still time to catch up. We have a few more rounds left in this first half of the season. But thank you so much, everyone, for Patreon. I've had several ideas about how we could turn this into a head-to-head league again. I'm going to see if we can explore those. Maybe next year, uh, depending on how it all works out, still getting used to this new format some. But we'll uh, definitely enjoy having that, that Patreon-exclusive league. Uh, that's all that we have for the show tonight. And at our plugs, Blaine. Yeah, just keep looking out for new content at Fantasy Boss. Um, I hope my uh, transfer tactics article is helping. I think I've hit a few more picks this year than Best Eleven did in the past. But if you got any other ideas, hit me up on Twitter. Mike. Uh, we'll follow at MLS Injury News for as long as it is relevant before the sports uh, regulations ours uh, make it unnecessary, which I hope that they do. And uh, at MLS Injury News, uh, excuse me, at MLS Lineup News, if you're on the go during the weekend, uh, ask for notifications and you'll get the news and the latest lineup straight to your phone. And of course, you can check out everything I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com and over at MLSSoccer.com with a weekly picks article. Uh, there'll be a lot dropping tonight for MLS Fantasy Boss as we get our charts and predictions and helpful articles like Blaine's coming out in time for this round uh, a 12 early start on Wednesday. So check all those out as well as heading over to r slash Fantasy MLS, the subreddit community that is all about Fantasy MLS with rate my teams and and charts and stats and predictions and, and must-have players. So it's a great community full of helpful people. Head over there with any questions or just want to kill some time. It's it's good, good, good. And with that being said, good luck. <laughs>